This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Every week we follow. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, the editor of MyOwnManSaid.com. Joining me for a little uh, 0.5 Madfew Q&A show, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. And Mr. Ben Redding. Hello. How are you doing, gentlemen? Not too bad. All good, thanks. Good to see you back in the studio, Ben, after uh, the recent, well, failure at playing five-a-side because obviously you, the roof fell in. Yeah. Surprised you haven't pressed charges against Dan Rogers for that stunt he was trying to pull after you uh, took his title off him. Let's just say he won't be doing that again. This isn't a show where you're going to get the Scott Hogan touch count uh, challenge because the reigning champion is is probably on a beach with people feeding him grapes and stuff as he celebrates. Always in his dungeon. But we realised we'd, we'd gone a month or two without actually uh, fielding uh, a show of listener questions, so that will be the main thing. But first of all, we'll just pick up some points of what's uh, been happening. Uh, old Tony Moon, Tony Luna, a.k.a. Tony Moon. Uh, this, this dates back, doesn't it, to is it 2016, when he was in a threesome, him and a buddy and a girl, and... Decided he'd film it. Decided... They'll film it, and the girl actually in the video is saying, no, I don't want to be filmed. Not that we've seen the video. Apparently it was everywhere on the internet if you wanted to uh, if you wanted to download it and add it to your Stefan Posma and uh, Dwight York Bosnick uh, collection of Villa Threesome videos. Ah, the Holy Trinity. The Holy Trinity box set. <laughs> so we saw the full moon then. 
Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, but, I mean, uh, the newspaper reports were saying he potentially could face up to five years in prison if uh, if it gets nasty. He's a footballer. They always get off, don't they? Yeah, well, we'll see what happens uh, if it stays in the press. Uh, I don't know what the actual uh, situation is in terms of... Uh, the trial, etc. Uh, another interesting situation that's kicked off is when Villa put up uh, the rainbow uh, version of the Aston Villa badge uh, across their social media to show uh, solidarity and obviously uh, raise awareness for the LGBT community and uh, diversity in football. And it goes into conjunction with Stonewall and their rainbow laces campaign, where you you'll see certain players wearing laces, uh, rainbow laces, also captains' armbands are rainbow. But it's uh, an interesting interesting conundrum because when you look at especially on the facebook page i mean obviously there's you know homophobic people out there but we didn't know that well what you you don't realize is the backlash of when you sign two egyptians and you're kind of rubbing your hands because you're thinking oh we're going to get all their social media following uh followers because uh this is the club thinking because uh, Elmo and Trezeguet have got like millions. They actually had more social media followings than the actual club themselves uh, on Twitter anyway and, and Instagram. And uh, have a look on the Facebook page of the club. And uh, I think at the last count there was 18,500 uh, 18, angry faces emojis that you that you click and obviously it's religion or their religion meeting uh what they you know what they think about the situation in terms of uh, the lgbt community and it doesn't really make for a good look does it no say the least there's been i mean i saw some stuff on the blues i've seen it on uh, various clubs and their supporters saying why are we promoting this why are we promoting this and then obviously with the sort of um it's interesting when people say that that means they've got a problem with it basically because if you're of the mind it's like live and let live and you know let people have the freedom to do what they want in their lives as long as it's not getting in the way of anybody else's and then when you know you get it you see you watch the conversations in full full they'll try to start justifying it and make it belittling you i'm not talking from personal experience i'm just you know saying how it plays out i can't be asked to get involved with you know, arseholes. And then at the end, they'll suddenly admit, well, it's wrong. They shouldn't be uh, homosexuals. It's wrong, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, why don't you just come out with that at the start rather than trying to take some high moral ground or whatever? I'm playing it. Why are we even promoting yeah. this? If it's oh, we shouldn't mix. We shouldn't mix football with politics. Well, it's, it's not politics. It's about morals. It's about any Villa fan who wants to watch the game. They should be able to walk through those the gates and feel welcome and not be persecuted. Or, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people I'd love to ban from Villa Park, but it's got nothing to do with sexuality or religion <laughs> it's, Fat that an it's just for being arseholes and idiots but uh, can't do anything about that anything else happening in the Villaverse before we get into these questions I mean these questions will probably take in uh, some of the topics that are brewing anyway right Chris Bud, you have compiled these questions yes right then this is I'm just looking at the uh, My Old Man Said podcast Twitter account uh, which is at My Old Man Said my personal Twitter account is Old Man Said that was when I didn't have My Old Man Said but then I got it eventually, which uh, I would wish, I wish I got it like when I first, when the person offered to give me it like seven years ago and then just kind of uh, went a bit flaky and then suddenly comes out of the blue and just gives me it. And it's like, oh, well, anyway, please follow me at my old man said on Twitter. Right. James Burt asks, can Mings play up front instead of Wesley? <laughs> Probably could. <laughs> I think there's a question uh, about dropping Mings, actually. So uh, maybe it could be like a two-for-one solution. Just swapsies. <laughs> swapsies, play them up front. But Wesley did a few decent headers out of the box, didn't he? Uh, this, this is a swap that actually might work. A bit of method to the madness. Simon King asks, Andre Green, is he available for recall? 
And if so, would you? No. No and no. <laughs> no. If we can't get our number one transfer target-wise, he could be an option, which means allocated funds could be used on a striker instead. Is this Andre Green? Yeah. No. Nah. <laughs> no, Simon, no. No, 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 no. Churchill the dog. Um, <laughs> but you did have some kind of impactability, for want of a better word. No, but, but you need something a bit more solid at Premier League level, don't you? You yeah. want, you need people on the bench who you, you're bringing on and you know what you're going to get. And with yeah. him, you just don't know. But you also need anybody else to like improve what you've got. Yeah. I think I would look at the fact that Preston are going pretty well in the championship and I think he's played about or made I don't know if he's actually started he's made four or five appearances for Preston since he's gone there which yeah, to me yeah. if he was ripping it up for them every week in the championship then maybe you'd have a case to recall him yeah sorry two actually we're, we're just double checking now so yeah another no <laughs> so that's a hard no. So that's a that's a super hard no. Uh, Richard asks, how much and in which positions would we have to spend in the summer to meet Jack Stroke McGinn's aspirations? In- we don't need to do anything because they've both got big deals, haven't they? So I'm sure there's various yeah. clauses in there for for Jack maybe playing for England, keeping us up. Maybe they'll get an increase in wages. I don't know, but no, we don't. No, need I don't, to do I don't anything, think do what we what necessarily we do or don't spend is going to be much of a factor to them. Yeah. You know, Jack's sort of villa through and through the only way he's leaving is if he gets a astronomical offer from a very big club and the club say do you know what we, we have to take this which i don't think we do and the same applies to mcginn he just signed a new deal he'll have a huge buyout clause as well so it's kind of like villa don't need to sell yeah and i mean there's a lot of scaremongering in the press i mean Grealish scores a goal against it's like, uh, he's got to leave he has to Manchester leave right United. this second Suddenly all the all the fucking half-assed hairy pundits uh, so just to have a headline just that works on social media creates a topic for a show Grealish you know he's got to go to Man United or whatever well what can Man United offer him in the short term they can't offer him Champions League or anything like that I think Dean Smith hit the nail on the head didn't he when he was asked before the Chelsea game and he just reeled off what we already know he's a Villa fan he's playing for us in the Premier League he doesn't want to go anywhere else as long as we're in the Premier League and progressing i've got no issue in or worrying him leaving and and also his age he's still young and yeah. so it's, he's not going anywhere this season no. i mean and, and i'm not even joking as in you know quote me on that it's just not going anywhere so no. you know just shut the fuck up the rest and, of the media. and i mean southgate gets a bit of a you know a bit of a um, criticism for not putting him in the squad but it's not because he's at villa he's not in the squad i think yeah. you look at through the england squad the fact that you've got pickford who's getting Twos and threes put past him most weeks at the moment. Yeah. And he's still England's first choice keeper. It's like if you're playing well, you're going to get a look in whatever club you're at. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ming's in the same boat. He's yeah, getting, Ming, he's getting twos just... put past him. Yeah. He's, still, yeah. he's, still, <laughs> he's letting Tammy Abraham wander freely in our penalty box. He's yeah. still getting picked. <laughs> so yeah, that's not a problem. So there's a lot of scaremongering. So I think just just take a chill pill. Just on, enjoy the process on McGinn yeah. and Grealish. For us, it's basically to add. January windows all I don't think they'll go crazy in January they don't have the money to do they they, no. they spent their budget in the summer I think it'll be a small fee buy or it'll be a savvy loan or a yeah I'm pretty sure it'll be loans or loan to buy might be the option yeah uh, Richard also asks 20 year old Nigerian Victor Osimane going great guns for Lille after move from Belgium this summer a decent transfer target for January I think I've had enough of strikers <laughs> from Belgium at the moment uh, I don't I've never heard of him <laughs> it's just a question mark I'm too busy sneezing if you've got if you've gone from Belgium to France, you're still not a guarantee. Yeah, 
No, exactly. And also the age. I think Wesley's a Wesley's a still a development player as far as I'm concerned. And I think we need to get something in an old head. Maybe uh, I look at someone like a Giroud in the short term. Yeah, the money is going to cost you. I don't know if you're going to get him, but in terms of someone who you know you can slot in straight away, and he will do a job at the level we're at. I don't think I don't think you'll you'll come. No, I don't. uh, It it looks like he's going to go to AC Milan, where you'd have thought he'll get a payday. I just think we need somebody to push Wesley because at the moment, regardless of how he plays, he knows he's going to be well, not the first name on the team sheet, but he's going to be the the striker that we're going to go with because yeah. we haven't got anyone else. Now you see the desperate revisionism on like Codger. Oh, it's time to swap, you know, but let's give Codger a go. It's like, nah, come on. That Smith thinks Codger's done here now. He? Yeah, I think I'd be very surprised if we see him again. Final one from Twitter. Mike EVFC Pearson asks, would you entertain three at the back? No. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's one of those tactics maybe for certain games against certain opposition, but we've actually, we've got the personnel to do it. Because uh, I actually think yeah. Gilbert would make a really good um, wing back. Um, target's probably better going forward. You've obviously got the two natural left footers in Hawes and Mings. So. Problem is, you start to lose your midfielders. Yeah. yeah, you're not if you if you're playing three at the back, then you're basically saying there's no place for El Ghazi or Trezeguet, yeah. which clearly we've paid a lot of money for them, so they're going to have to fit in the squad somewhere. And they've both had their moments. Well, they've they're yeah. both hit and miss. They both score goals. They both make goals. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a system that you've got to pin your colour to the masts for it to work, rather than just swapping in and out. I don't think it yeah, really, I agree. Uh, I think traditionally, three when teams go three at the back, that's generally a, a sign of panic and desperation. Like we saw Everton do it against Leicester. Yeah, they lost, and obviously Silver's been sat now. So, I personally, I I don't want to see three at the back. I think whilst we've had issues conceding goals, I don't think necessarily putting an extra man in there is going to help it and I think yeah. it would probably hinder us more in an attacking sense I think yeah I agree. concentrating on actually uh, being more clinical at the other end would result wise help us more I think yeah uh, right let's go to the Mad Few Facebook group Ben Hipkiss asks would it be inconceivable to drop Mings no no I don't think so either no but hang on a minute, he's an England centre-back, so uh, it's just, I think people are clutching at any little mistake. I mean, he, he needs a, a little bit of a kick up the ass, but everything he gives you outweighs by far. There's, a, re- yeah. there's a reason why, you know, Chelsea pretty much dominated us, but we only lost by one goal. Liverpool only beat us by one goal. Arsenal, we drew against Man United at Old Trafford. There's a reason for that, and that's because Mings is there. So uh, you've got to take the rough, you know, with the smooth... I think we're we're pretty well stocked at centre back. I think he just needs to cut out the unnecessary risks. I'd, I personally, I I just think he's a very very confident footballer. Yeah, who knows that he can like take the ball into the corner and either pick a pass or hoof it. And I think at the moment, on a few occasions, he's picked the wrong option. So I, I don't think there's any issue with his defending. I think it's just his decision-making yeah. when he's on the ball for me. Patrick Downs, who is the most impressive of our new signings? Or maybe who is the best of those we hadn't heard of before we bought them? I think I'd go with Gilbert. I think he's he's been really good. Which For which category? The, the first one? Or? Um... Probably both, to be fair. I think prior, I know we signed him in January, so he's not technically a new signing. But I, I think from what I've seen of him, he's got the makings of being a real tidy, solid right back who can offer a bit going forward as well. To be fair, I think all the new signings have had their moments. I don't yeah. look at any at the moment and think, you know, he's 
he's a complete dud. All of them have contributed in some way, shape or form up till now, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. I'd agree with that. I, th- I think uh, I would agree with the Gilbert in terms of the most impressive. I think of the ones we hadn't heard of, probably someone like Engels, who no one really knew much about and didn't necessarily expect him to come in and play. Slotted yeah. straight in and was impressive. I mean, I, I would say Mings in terms of our new signings, but he technically was playing for us before. Mm-hmm. And in terms of uh, those who we hadn't heard of, I, I would class Gilbert as that player because, you know, you were just waiting for him to see if he was any good. And I quite like, he's, he's feisty and he's yeah. got a good... Uh, Deceivingly quick, isn't he? Very rapid. quick, rapid, but also got a good little bite between his teeth as well. Dave Sherwin asks, what signings would you like to see? For me, has to be Ben Rama or Giroud. Name specific, I don't know actually this year. There's no sort of standout name who comes to mind you think oh he's the guy it's more a case of trusting in you know Dean Smith Suso and that you know recruitment team and, and <laughs> so he was going to say that prick <laughs> and another one um I have a feeling they'll be bringing in someone who we haven't heard of I think they'll be they'll be trying to be savvy and it will probably be somebody from the continent who no one's heard of whose probably stats look great yeah I think Ben Rabba's going to be a bit pricey isn't he I think anybody and he's but he's it's, it's like pricey but not for he's not a guarantee guarantee yeah no I, th- I think Ben Rama will be one for the summer if we go for him again now yeah I think like we've said before I think we've probably spent as much as we wanted to spend in the summer which I agree with so that you know we all know January is a real tough time to go and get players and you will pay over the odds so I'm hoping that there'll be some loan-to-buys and possibly some players that we would look at and think, yeah, he's a really good player who we might have heard of before and we've got the option to buy him in the summer. Yeah, um, I think that's what I'm hoping for, but I, I do think we might well take a punt on some foreign players that we've never heard of because like, let's be honest, like you said, with Engels, a lot of the players that we signed in the summer we hadn't heard of and they yeah, turned Nicamba, out okay. Engels, Lu- yeah, Louise so. was kind of known, Wesley. There may be players that we were tracking because obviously there was a book of targets uh, in the summer and we might not have got them over the line and maybe things haven't worked out for that player at their club uh, up until this point. So they might go back and revisit that. Scott Hogan's coming back. Scott Hogan's coming back, yeah. Right, we had the, we had a similar question in the uh, Mum's Patron uh, bonus anti-preview, uh, but this is uh, from a different person. Andrew Gallivan, how does our fan base stop living up to David O'Leary's immortal fickle fans statement? By shutting the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know, we've sort of had that one before, didn't we? Yeah, this is the world we live in, isn't yeah. it? It's, that's just modern football, Yeah, I think. Expectation's one of the things that kills you. You look at teams like Stoke and Albert, been in these sorts of teams who got slightly ahead of their station and started expecting too much and then it all went horribly wrong for them I think I think it's 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 you have to make personal choices uh, like don't stay in those forums that chuck out you know oh, chuck yeah. out toxic bullshit don't listen to any podcasts or you know shows that are, are full of crap and slagging off things I mean then then you can get through life without having to hear any of this bullshit yeah I, I think from my point of view i wouldn't class myself as a fickle fan, especially after three years in the championship. I'm really thankful we're back in the Premier League and yeah. I'm enjoying it. So I'd like to think I'm fairly level-headed and no, we're not going to win every game. And when <sighs> we do lose, I'm boring him. No, no, sorry. I'm, 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 <laughs> I, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a fickle fan either. I'd, I'd say I'm, I'm a critical fan, but then... Yeah, I think that's, that's a I key want, thing. I always yeah. want to be at their best. I think it's you're like critical how, within context, yeah. don't yeah, you? Yeah, absolutely. If, you know, if we're getting thumped 4-0 by a much better side, we, go, we got beaten by a much better side, but if we're conceding silly goals 
in the same way all season. And you think, well, something has to be done here. And it's not out of being fickle. It's yeah. about how can we, you know, it's about wanting, wanting to be better. Take, for example, Liverpool. I was there on, you know, standing there on the whole, you know, what happened, happened. and But I was thinking, I've seen enough here to see there's an evolution here. And yeah, yeah, yeah okay, Liverpool are bastards for obviously uh, winning it at, at the death. But I've seen enough here that actually I'm I'm walking out of these gates with a bit of a glow in my belly because I'm thinking, yeah, I can I can see how this builds. I- Absolutely. It's a, I think fans want to see sort of progress and momentum. And I mean, O'Leary mentioned that in an era when I think we had one half-decent year, and didn't we? But the rest of the time under O'Leary, we were god-awful. Yeah, and he, he was taking a belt. And there was no momentum, and that was right towards the end of the Doug Ellis tenure, and it was like the wheels were slowly falling off. Yeah, I think it's just fans having not sort of getting too up with the wins and too down with the defeats. I think that's the that's the key. We know we're not going to win every game this season. It's just a case of staying up, and yeah, we just need to keep a level head if we can. But I mean, I was going to say uh, it's different in ground than it is like for example on social media but i think it was the bournemouth defeat this season where a fan walking out uh in front of me like i think he he left just like two minutes to go or something like that just shouted like in the direction of dean smith you bought a load of shit smith you bought a load of shit and you're thinking dude the season's just started people just go to let off steam <laughs> though don't they i it's think like, what are you doing you know have, go back home have a look in the mirror take a good look at yourself because that's not a good look you've got thousands of people looking at you going prick i mean everyone's had a meltdown at the football before but like i think it's people who sort of turn up and are on someone's but i remember numerous times taylor would misplace a pass in the first 10 minutes and he'd have people on <laughs> yeah. his back and there's we've always had a scapegoat yeah you know, westwood yeah. was always the one i think wesley unfortunately for him is the one at the moment but yeah i mean even when wesley scored a couple of goals against norwich uh, and he took about seven days and then they're back on it yeah lest we forget really when petrov was in the team to begin with he oh, was the scapegoat oh yeah rightly so <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no it, it's funny how revisionist people become because uh hutton is the prime example they'll be slagging one player off and then they he'll retire whatever then he'll come back on you know social media whatever and, and people will be calling him legend all the time i think hutton's the prime one isn't it really i mean yeah. he was so limited as a player but because he scored that goal there were certain fans who just would never and have a bad you, word and you knew what you were going to get from him yeah. before he scored that goal he was still uh given a lot of uh blood just for yeah. his just for his effort really but yeah. anyway let's let's move on chris give us a question here's a good one from philip derbyshire is it possible to get through an entire game or podcast for that matter without someone slagging off wesley well we haven't slagged him off in fact i'm, I'm i've never really slagged him off i mean we've just told what the reality is yeah positive criticism i'd call it yeah and we'll have a laugh, yeah, and that's fine. But I don't think we ever sit here and go, "He's shit." Oh, you or, don't have to get uh, defensive because yeah. I don't. That's I don't think it's aimed at us. But in terms of uh, Wesley, I think if you're playing that, you know, it's like the old Barcelona front three where they're kind of interchangeable. Wesley's he, he can't play the channels, nope. so that, that's the kind of he's, he's not bad in midfield. Actually, he's more of a midfielder. And when he when he has it into feet, he's some of his link up plays good. I thought Chelsea picked the ball up with his back to goal and whipped a couple of balls out so, wide. Yeah, he's, really, he's got it in him. But what I'm saying is, I don't think he suits the system. No, because he's not mobile enough, and and he needs to be mobile to play that kind of rapier like front three. Well, he needs to be that, you know, that old-fashioned sort of windscreen wiper as well, just chasing everything along the back line. And that's when the fans will give him credit, when he chases lost causes and stuff. Yeah, it's all right running back to the halfway line, chasing players. It's uh, But you want him in the six-yard box. Yeah. I wasn't sure on his blonde beard. No. I think that's a, there's a question about There is about a question that. about the beard, actually. Yeah. It's the end. 
Where is it? Let's get it up now. Yeah, Paul, uh, Peter Smallbone also asked, if this isn't too harsh a question, how much longer do we give Wesley, which is a bit of a... Give him as long as he needs, really. Because we're going to have our hand forced anyway. It's not like we're oozing in replacements. Yeah, and, and the way we play, yeah. he's not. We, we haven't got a player to kind of play. I, th- I think Keenan Davis, when he gets back, will, will help in terms of having an extra option and support because they play in a similar way or in a way that maybe Wesley should be playing a bit mm-hmm. more predominantly. Yeah. Thomas William Linton also chipped in. What did you make of Wesley's ginger beard? For me, that's a 20-goal-a-season beard, so it's a bit of a oxymoron. When I first saw that beard, I kind of had that feeling. It's like, well, wait until you're banging them in before you start doing any fancy facial hair. I, I wasn't keen on it, I'll be honest. I don't know what he's done there. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> who who uh, who said can we get through a podcast without slagging him off so we'll leave we'll just park the beard there we're not going to go nuclear on that just if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about juvederm lip fillers with juvederm volbella xc and juvederm ultra xc your lip look whether it's subtle or bold can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Andreas, a friend from Norway. Andreas McGrath. I think that's after Paul McGraw. Uh, I, I, I told you I was so dyslexic with names. Can you do... Maya Eder. Yeah, there you Ada. go. Our transition play is good. And we know and- Andreas. He's been a listener for a while now. I, f- I sound like Donald Trump. He's a good man. He's a good man. It's going to be great. <laughs> He's, He's a great, great guy. He's a great man. He's a, we've known him for a while. He's a good guy. Going to build a wall. He's going to make Villa great again. <laughs> 
our transition play is good, but we don't have that pace to punish our opponents as much as we like, especially when EG... And where El Ghazi is out. El Ghazi is out. It sounds like a, a Not, truck company, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, EG. Yeah. I had a cooker that was made by AEG. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Aren't they the finance people? Is that AI? No, they did make cookers and stuff, yeah, kitchen appliances, know, yeah. electronics. Yeah, I agree with this. I can see where he's going with this question. Our, tra- our transition play is good, but we don't have the pace to punish our opponents as much as we like, especially when Al Ghazi is out. That is, it's just that little bit of uh, potency in the final dynamism, third. isn't it? Yeah. yeah, we do. We do lack pace. Like, all, I mean, for for example, if you swap swap in. Tammy Abraham for Wesley, then you've got it instantly. You've got somebody who runs the channels, he's everywhere, he goes up and down, and, and that will that's just what the two wide guys want. That's what Grealish wants, somebody to interplay more. Yeah. Somebody who's mobile to interplay with. Yeah. Wesley will will pick a pass, but then you're not going to get any interaction with him. Mm-hmm. But he's making a statement here rather than the question, but I, I completely agree with it. And that is our downfall from going up another level. We need to get that right. Have we answered this Andre Green yeah, question? Yeah, he mentioned it. As, as it's another question about Andre Green. Now I know Andre Green isn't rated much by anyone in our fan base, at least, so it seems, despite some really influential cameos from the bench, but he does have more pace and could, in my opinion, do more damage to our opponents than what a lot of fans believe. Unfortunately, he has pace, but no end product. And in the Premier not League... Not saying he's perfect or the answer to our problems, but we did loan out a winger who fits our style of play when we go out on the counter and it could have been useful coming off the bench like last season thoughts sorry Andreas I disagree but I think the from my memory of Andre Green from last season was yes he did provide a couple of goals for us and he was useful I'd say but I think his end product was pretty poor I think it was predictable he just he ran that same channel I mean, I remember the uh, he came on, didn't he, in the playoff final, if I remember rightly. Came off the bench and you thought, right, Derby have got to chase the game. This is perfect for him. He's going to have loads of space. He's up against Ashley Cole, an ageing Ashley Cole. He'll have him in his back pocket. He didn't get a kick. Yeah. No, I, th- I think he's one of them that if he wasn't an academy graduate, people would have written him off yeah. a long time yeah, ago. I agree. Right, let's let's rock on. Jish Marshall says, what are your thoughts on a move for Jared Bowen? Looks a top player to me. He's he's done well for Hull. I'm surprised yeah. he hasn't moved yet. I'll be honest. He um he's had well two or three really so good seasons. Yeah, now. where he's scored a shitload of goals. Yeah, so I don't quite know why a Premier League club hasn't took a gamble on him. I, I think if he did move, I think it would be to like a Watford or a Norwich. Maybe he scored a lot of goals last season, and they they barely registered in the league, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that Hull. You know they're not uh, they're not in a great place, are they? They're, their yeah. owner doesn't want to be there, so you would think that if there was a reasonable offer that went in for him, they'd accept it. So because I went there, I watched them against the Baggies uh, a few weeks back, and you know he was he was a live wire. He uh, I think he was so one footed. Is he le- very left footed? He's he? so left footed that he he had a chance if he took it on his right, it was a goal. Simple as that. He was pretty much clean through, but he needed to take it on his right, and he just awkwardly decided because he's so one-footed to take it on his left and it just blew the opportunity so I, I can see now uh, just from that going to that game why uh, a Premier League club hasn't swooped in because he was very predominantly you know one-footed even though he's just score for fun yeah just looking at him now so 17 18 14 goals 18 19 22 and this season so far in 19 games he's got 12 so yeah you'd think this window or this summer, if he's going to get a move, it it will be then. But there's been a lot of players who've done that, though. You know, a lot of guys who've come up from the Championship to the Premier League. I remember, like Vidra scored a hat load at uh, Derby, didn't he? 
got his big move, didn't do anything. And I just I just wonder if Premier League teams think is he you know is he a good Championship player, but is he necessarily going to make the step up? And I just think yeah. we, we, for where Villa are right now, do, do you put him straight into that Villa team and he guarantees you goals? No, no. I mean as I said, you know I went to watch Hull versus West Brom just to prepare for this question. And he's two one-footed, so that's what the mom scouting report says. Yeah, but then playing devil's advocate to what you said there, Chris, would you not say Tammy would have been in that category up until this season? He'd only scored in the championship. No, because I think he had the attributes. He's got two great yeah. feet. He's physically yeah. strong. Fair enough. Conf- I think he did, he's, he scored a truckload of goals at, at Bristol and a truckload at Villa. Not sort of you know. 12, 13, 14, he was scoring like sort of 24s, 25s. David Clover says, thought Amazon Prime coverage was 10 times better than Sky. They talked about the two teams before kickoff and after the game. Sky are only interested in Manchester City, Liverpool and London. What are your thoughts? I'm a fan. I thought it was a lot more, less sensationalised. Yep. A bit more mature, shall we say. And uh, I, I kind of liked it. It wasn't in your face. It wasn't trying to be blockbuster. It was no. just, we're going to show a game of football. There you go. I enjoyed it. It was, uh, I take on board his point about Man City and Liverpool. I remember the Villa-Wolves game, the um, Liverpool-Man City game followed that. And it was it felt, as a Villa fan, that our game was a hindrance to them. Yeah, yeah. It was like, we just want to talk about Man City and Liverpool and there was hardly any analysis, hardly any preview. It's And when that game finishes, it's like, right, see you later. And they're yeah. straight off to the, the, the main event, so to speak. And it was, I remember the, one of the worst bits was when I think our game was like about an hour in and uh, the screen split into two to show the Man City team bus arriving. And I'm like, why Why do you want to watch that? I want to watch Villa. I'll pay my money to watch Villa. They've obviously taken a lot of the BBC kind of work. So there is a feel of BBC, but it's something just a bit more modern about it. And it's a bit more less try-hard as well. Yeah. I, I hope that when the bidding rights for the next um, batch of games comes around, that they, they win some more and it grows. Because yeah. um, to have the choice to watch any game over a midweek in this case, and then obviously the same on... Boxing yeah. Day is is great for a fan. Well, it finally catches up with the rest of the TV film industry, doesn't it? It's like people want to watch one, they, what they want to watch when they want to watch it. So my only uh, grumble about uh, Amazon Prime and. Uh they should listen to this and take this on board because it will save them a lot of money is you don't need a preview show with a couch that has Tim Sherwood Robbie Savage I think Dion Dublin and whoever the other person was but you don't need that many people they're the presenter and then like four, four or five pundits and it's like just keep two that are quite sane and you know that's all you need you don't, you don't need to be throwing money around definitely been savage oh yeah and i th- I, th- I think um, i think if amazon become the the leader as it were i think they'll end up pulling people over from bt sport and sky anyway yeah. once people know it's the place to be right anyway let's move on there's a good ad for amazon prime jags chris bird's best mate asks what do you think about dean smith's substitutions in the last two games well probably the whole season uh, jags timing and personnel wise an important objective for any promoted team is to be more than the sum of its individual parts stabilize and build for the next season this obviously makes substitutions even more complex unless you're bruce and do it and do like for like every time or just bang strikers on yeah it's a difficult one for smith because i think he's probably quite aware that he his squad lacks the depth he'd necessarily like. And he'll well, look, yeah. look, look at his bench every game and go, I don't have a match winner there. Not really. At the start of the season, he said, I look over my shoulder and I look at it and I just see quality. That was Dean Smith lying. 
people. That was him lying. You can have quality by all means, but it's have you got a match winner? There's there's nothing extra there. That's and that is the problem. And you know we are squad building, and they bought a hell of a lot of players, uh, obviously in the summer. So there needs to be the next the next round of. Uh, Buys. So yeah, even though he put on a brave face and said he, he looks over his shoulder and he sees quality, the there's nothing extra. Like what's Hen- Henry Lansbury bringing to the pie that's different? Nothing. What's even like Trezeguet for El Ghazi? It's it's neg- it's not as if you're getting a, a complete new dimension, really. Yeah, I think I think we're limited in terms of options. I think we have got quality on the bench, especially defensively. Yeah, I think I think there is. There's I definitely take on board we haven't got a match winner or you know like in the past we'd sort of thinking last season at the start of the season where Bruce had put Hepburn Murphy on and granted I don't think he's good enough but at least he was something different and a bit of pace to try and mix it up a little bit and yeah. we haven't got that at the moment but like I say I think overall I'm considering where we were and what we had to do in the summer I think we did a pretty good job and yeah substitutions the only criticism I would make is that I think he could maybe make him a little bit earlier Camden is that the next one yeah Camden Bowman asks so do we think we need pace off the bench I mean that's something we've spoke about on numerous occasions about having in, let, let alone off the bench having it in the starting 11 uh, and he mentions obviously would Green be someone to bring back yet again no ah now here's a here's a question that's more in our style Andy Wilf Williams asks who would earn the most in the adult film industry, Bosnich, Posma, or Luna? I'm I'm saying uh, Posma because he's a giver and a receiver. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so I think you should get double the pay. For yeah, that. see, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with Bosnich because he, he got Yorkie involved, didn't he? So you kind of um you know you're sort of sharing the uh, the headliner spot. You're pulling in two crowds there. I'd go Tony Moon because he showed his full moon. <laughs> what a question. Yeah, we'll we'll ask that same question to Dan Rogers when he's on the next show because obviously we need a it's a split decision. Yeah, so yeah. It needs a uh, somebody to. Uh, we need an expert to shed some light on this one. Exactly right, Mark Boot. Controversial, but we've been here before. Fast forward five years, and let's say our owners have backed us every year. Is this going to be a miserable question, Chris? I think, I think nah. it is. Like they have in the last year. Now the end result of the investment should return Champions League football, and we finish fifth. Do our owners do a learner? Do they stop investment and bleed the club dry, just like he did? Is it is it too early to be talking about the apocalypse already? Yes, and these guys are a a lot wealthier than Lerner, and Lerner's main reason for his position was that he's he got divorced, didn't he? And there were family issues, and there was a lot well, of things the, going I on mean, behind the scenes. The it wasn't main, necessarily the club. The main reason uh, for Lerner's downfall was his recruitment underneath him, and you got to remember this is a hands off owner, and he had a CEO that a had zero football experience, but also didn't really have an infrastructure of for want of a better word middle management or senior management to actually uh run a proper football club there was there was people in there who were still working in football to this day who were uh, were getting involved in things that they had they were incapable of uh doing so uh, it was just the infrastructure at the club at managerial level uh, I'm, I'm talking off the pitch which uh didn't really help at all and you know obviously when you see they're going down paths like getting Alex McLeish in and, and thinking that's a good idea and then uh, how the Lambert 
uh, situation played out, you just realise uh, that it was kind of it was throwing a lot of money at it. Was the only reason that got us anywhere. And O'Neill was running the you know running the ship. It was almost like a one man uh, band. It's a really old fashioned way of running a football club where your manager is the only one who really actually knows anything about football. In our case, there's a few tiers to it. I mean, we've got a CEO who knows about football. We've got a football director who obviously deals with the recruitment and has a team that knows about football. You've got a manager who's invested in it. And you've got a team that actually, rather than just being rebuilt, it's kind of grown together. And they've already been on, a, on an adventure to get promoted. So they've got that kind of camaraderie. And, uh, you know, it feels like we are on an adventure rather than uh, just stop starting. You know. Yeah, and we're certainly not treading water. No. I think Wes and uh, Nasef, they've done it before in sports as well, haven't they? Where yeah. Lerner was the Cleveland Browns owner, but I think I'm not mega into NFL, but I believe that he took that over from his father. Yeah. And whatever story you read, why he bought Villa, you know, I, th- I just think these guys that we've got now are completely different to him and I can't see them walking away from us. And I mean, even if they wanted to, surely now would be the time to sell us because... We're in the Premier League. For what they paid for us, they'd make a massive return on their investment. So I, I can't see them selling us in the no, short No, I think they've, pumped, they've pumped a lot of money in. So I think they need to uh, ride it out a bit more to uh, yeah. see a big uh, return, should yeah, I say. And I look at what Edens did at the Bucks. You know, when he joined them, they were an also-ran NBA franchise yeah. with an old ageing, you know, it's not a stadium, is it, in basketball, whatever it's called, home court. And we rebuilt the stadium as an asset for the community and the team are now a winning a winning unit with one of the MVPs in the league it's like he built that over I think it was a five-year period yeah so he's a he wins at what he does more often than not they both are winners you know Lerner you know, the Cleveland Browns were a joke weren't they they were a appalling, appalling, appalling team and they were just was it didn't they have like the, the only thing they were good at was merchandise but as far as their on-field sort of capabilities they're, they were as, dreadful. Bad, they're as bad as the Jets and who, they are who bad I, who I support but no, if put it this way, if we have got as good a situation as we possibly could have even imagined coming just being newly promoted, who we've got in charge on the pitch, as owners, as captain, and uh you can't get better than yeah, this. Yeah, Mark, just just believe and enjoy the process. And just you know, let's see how it pans Strap out. Strap yourself in. Yeah. Right, Dale Allen says Kuja. Oh, I like it. That's a new one. Somebody said this, uh, I don't yeah, it was Dale Allen. Dale Allen yeah. Left a comment said in terms of uh, I think it's Hurihan 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 he said can we can you do the same with other players and he suggested Kuja <laughs> Kodja he, he asks uh, Kuja Chester and Davis contracts are up in the summer do we try and move them on in January or let them see their contracts out like we did with Richards and Gabby Kodja if you can get rid and you've got replacements. So be it. Personally, I wouldn't get, let... Get, no, if you can get money for Codger, get rid now. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Ch- Chester and Davis, I don't think you're going to be able to. Davis... Chester might, because I think... I think either way, you're going to make a huge loss. He'll want to play. Uh, Chester's time is done, uh, uh, I think, at this club. Sorry to break news. In terms of he's done what we bought him for. And uh, I think as a player, he's seen his better days, hasn't he? Now I think he has. Yeah. He's, he, and, his career will be on the way now, unfortunately. And he'll have eyes on at least trying to get in the Welsh squad, so you'll need games. So it's plausible that he would go in January, because, you know, just look at the... Uh, we've got... You know, House and uh, Engels and Conza, Conza. We've got four good centre back options, haven't we? If there's an out there to be had, I can see him going. Uh, Davis, I think we'll we'll keep. Yeah, 
Because at the moment, I mean, considering he's, you know, he's a development player, look at his age, but he showed, you know, he showed, showed ability and at the very least he can now operate as a third, fourth striker. Yeah, I like, and, I like, you know, I like Davis. Yeah. He, was, he was so unlucky against Wolves to get the injury when he did. Yeah, I think he just needs, once he gets a couple of goals and gets that confidence, then I think, you know, we he might... He just needs a break, doesn't Might it? be onto something there, at least. But he gives you something extra, you know, if you've got... You know, they always say have four centre-backs, but I think you need three, at least three strikers. And uh, if you've got strikers that give you a little yeah. different dimension, every one of them, then uh, you're onto a good thing. I think thing. the ball sticks with him, doesn't it? Yeah. Chester, for me, there's a lot of sentimental reasoning to I'd like to see him play for us in the Premier League for what he did to get us there and sacrificing his himself really from what you read but I think from a sensible perspective I think David's right he's going to want to play for Wales because this is going to be his last chance um, to play in a major tournament for them Davis I think a lot will hinge if if we can get rid of Codger then if we can bring another striker in I probably wouldn't be too bothered if we did loan him to a championship team because I think now he needs to play and I look at him and think yes he does offer something but he's not a goal scorer I think he needs to go and we need to see what he can do in the championship for half a season in my opinion yeah I mean I think that's a a call in terms of giving that runner game so he can get goals I think there's a real logic to that I agree uh right I think that's uh I think that's the end of the questioning. Uh, there's a, a Jack Shipton asks, I think we've addressed this. Uh, I would find your thoughts on the consistently late timing of Dean Smith's substitutes interesting. A sign of faith in the team or tactical naivety? Bit of both, maybe. Yeah. At the end of the day, he, you know, he's gone up to the division as well, hasn't he? He's, he's still learning on the job as a Premier League manager. As we've just uh, said, it's, it's not having real distinct options. Yeah. But he knows yeah. that player can do X, Y and yeah. Z. It's, it's, more, it's more the likeness. And it's like, is a player tired? And that's about the only yeah. thing really t- that you can make yeah, a decision we certainly, on. Yeah, we certainly don't shuffle our pack much tactically yeah. in game. I think that there's a element as well of that he obviously picks a starting eleven, and we've seen it. He'll pick certain players for certain games. So if he is making subs, say, on like 50-odd minutes, it's an admission that, ah, maybe I've like got this one wrong. So maybe that's why he does like persevere in because he believes that that's the best team to yeah. get a result in a specific game. But, um, yeah. I, th- uh, I mean, I, I don't think we've got that many looks to show as a team. So no, uh, until we've got a few more players that can actually really give us a bit of extra dimension, then substitutes become a yeah. bit more uh, yeah I mean I've, I've always been a big fan of the uh, dynamic half time change when you know the manager's gone in giving him a bollock in Mourinho was quite good with that he'd swap three at half time or just ch- change yeah. the game well, he took Eric Dyer off after like 20 minutes didn't he in the Champions League when they were losing <laughs> so yeah <laughs> Good. Anyway, thank, thank you very much. That's just our catch-up on the Mad Few listener questions. Please do join the Mad Few group. It's the, the Facebook group dedicated to the show. Also, we have, uh, as I mentioned earlier, on the Twitter account, at uh, My Old Man Said. Uh, you can follow that as well. Follow the show on Spotify, Apple, or whatever other podcast app that you use please do become a my old man said patron as well go to my click on the patron link and you will also get extra shows uh including the anti-preview which is our trip down memory lane uh, regarding all our t- all the teams in the premier league uh anything else to add gentlemen i think we're pretty much done yeah right we're actually uh we, we have a studio at the moment which we've been uh trialing so uh we'll have to work out what happens after that but uh, there's a lot of potential 
all uh, with that uh, in terms of uh, having calls in and everything. So uh, we'll uh, we'll see what evolves for the year 2020. That's why you've got to become a patron because uh, Chris isn't going to buy me one of these. <laughs> <laughs> these, bad, these bad boys don't pay for themselves. <laughs> right. Until next time, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. believe in the no-win scenario away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com this podcast is proud to be part of the talk sport fan network talk sport powered by fans